Alex Magleby here, CEO and co-founder of the New England Free Jacks, and you're watching the Jacks Rangers show. Huzzah, friends! Let's ride! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show, broadcasting from the Granite Outpost in beautiful Manchester, New Hampshire. What a win at home against a very pesky DC squad. That DC squad has definitely improved since the first time that we saw them down there in Washington earlier in the season. Got a jam-packed episode here in episode 40, so let's get right into it here at the Jacks Rangers show presented by Stormalong American Hard Cider. Let's get it, baby. Saddle up, let's ride into episode 40, presented by Stormalong American Hard Cider. Wanted to talk a couple moments about our primary sponsor here. Stormalong Cider, real craft hard cider made in Massachusetts. All of their ciders are made with 100% high quality, fresh pressed, locally sourced apples. Taste the Stormalong difference and get your hands on some today. Use promo code T. J-R-S for 10% off your first online order at their website, stormalong.com, or check out their locator to find retailers near you. All right. Certain points, that was a frustrating win against uh, DC, but thankfully the Free Jacks were able to hold on for that win to make it nine in a row, just absolutely shattering the previous record set in uh, Major League Rugby. Super proud of the boys for that. Let's go ahead and get into the lineup for this episode, a jam-packed episode for episode four here at the Jacks Rangers show. The lineup for this episode, we've got Bozo 6 Rapid Reactions and Picks up first. And then we're going to have a conversation, an interview with Ewan Brumwell, who is the strength and conditioning coach for the Free Jacks. Then we'll have Outriders with Dave and myself going over the DC Review and the Atlanta Preview. And finally, uh, we were able to speak with Jordan Baroche. So yeah, super excited about this episode. It's jam-packed, guys. There's a lot of a lot of stuff in this one. So, you know, it's episode 40. We're, we're, uh, we appreciate you, Rob with us since April of last year. Did want to give a quick shout out to the Myro folks, which is uh, the Massachusetts Youth Rugby Organization. Finally was able to meet some of those folks in person. They were marveling at the mullet, the Carolina waterfall that I've been growing. We're at $1,000 of that goal of $2,000 right now, guys. If you want to donate to that, you're more than welcome. Go on to GoFundMe.com and search for Phil's Last Ride to donate. Keep in mind, once we get to $2,000, which is our goal, if we get to that prior to the end of the season, and one of our benefactors here, a ranger that listens to the show, will be providing $3,000 to go along with that $2,000 to go directly to Massachusetts Youth Rugby Organization. We're really building uh, the future success of USA Rugby with the youth rugby efforts that are currently going on right now. Final thing before we jump into our first segment with Bozo 6, do not forget guys that the game is on Friday the 13th this week. If you have a Jason mask, you know, get the dust off of that thing and bring it to Fort Quincy. There's going to be a sea of Jason masks. I, I believe mostly in section five, but hoping to see them all across the stands for this week's home game on Friday the 13th, once again, against Atlanta. I will definitely be wearing mine. I know several people will be wearing 
enjoying theirs. It's going to be a good time. And don't forget that Storm Along Cider is available at the concessions for $5 a piece, the unfiltered variety of Storm Along American Hard Cider. So with that being said, let's jump right into Booze 06, Rapid Reactions and Picks. The end of all of the segments, I'll come back and close up shop. Appreciate your ride along with the Jax Ranger Show. Huzzah, baby. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jax Ranger Show. I'm joined with my old pal, Bozo. Bozo, how the hell are you? I'm doing good, Phil. I'm coming to you from Camp Thumpertown out here on Cape Cod in Massachusetts. Beautiful. I didn't bring my stuff, so no mic, no headphones tonight. Uh, well, we're, we're slumming it this time around there in Cape Cod, huh? <laughs> yeah, just bumming around here. But let me, let me tell you one thing that I did not forget, ladies nice. and gentlemen. I did not forget my Storm Along Cider. Nice. Respect the apple. We're storming right along here. Storming right you know along. Promo codes. Love it. Love it. TJR, uh, TJRS at checkout, guys, for your first order there at stormalong.com. All right. Let me share my screen. We had some exciting uh, developments, if you will, for uh, the last round. I think that was round 14 um, in yeah. Major League Rugby. The first one was uh, a real butt kicking here. That was Seattle Seawolves 74 against the lowly Dallas Shackles 7 there in Seattle. What did you make of this? Uh, I didn't watch the game at all, Phil. That was like the 10 p.m. Eastern start yeah. on uh, Sunday night. Um, I wasn't staying up for it. When I saw the scoreline, I caught this is the only game of the round that I did not watch. Okay, mm-hmm. from start to finish, I watched all 80 minutes of every single match except for this one. The reason is because when I woke up and I saw the scoreline, there is nothing to see here, folks. Right, that's uh, insane. Yeah, a record wow. for Seattle, so that's cool. And also, another record that they didn't want to mention was the other most points scored in MLR history was the Utah Warriors against the Dallas Jackals. That's so, right. Yep. I would, I would have loved to have this scoreline against DC, but that was not what took place, unfortunately, at Fort Quincy. But let's – Yeah. Yeah, let's start. Well, I, want, I, want, I want to say one more thing about this one, though. What concerns me is uh, kind of off topic for, for, for the matches, but Dallas has been trading away a lot of picks to try to keep this thing afloat. Right. It's going to hurt them in the future. That's right. Yeah, they've stunted their growth, I think, with trying to save themselves embarrassment with uh, with bringing in players. But that's a conversation for another day. Oh, yeah. Let's let's talk about the uh, the sports deck there in San Diego. On top of a parking deck, they play rugby games there. That is San Diego Legion 24 against the Houston Sabercats 34. Yeah, this was an entertaining match. I really enjoyed watching this one. This was like, uh, if you're going to go back and watch anyone from this round, um, this one and one we're going to talk about, these are the two that I would definitely watch if you only had 160 minutes to watch rugby. Mm-hmm. These would be uh, two of them. A little back and forth. And then Houston, I mean, Houston just had the lion's share of possession in this one. San Diego couldn't quite, I mean, the lead had changed hands a couple of times early, but San Diego just couldn't, um, couldn't find their footing out, out there at the sports deck. Mm-hmm. And uh, Houston takes a, a much needed win off of them and probably killing San Diego's hopes for a playoff berth, I think, at this point. It's not official, but, you know. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Yeah, It seems like it's going to come down to Houston or Seattle for that third spot. Um, I, I don't know which way it's going to go, but uh, it's exciting for both of those clubs. You know, Seattle, previous champions, kind of been lowly for a year or so. And then Houston, a very lowly team since the inception of uh, Major League Rugby, but had turned it around this year. So excited for both of those teams. Now, these teams next, I'm not excited about whatsoever. That is the L.A. Gilweenies against the Austin Jabronis at a very empty L.A. Coliseum. Yeah, but let me tell you something. We might not like these teams, but what an 
absolutely titanic struggle at the end of this match. The most tries, I think they have 53 tries now, 54 uh, on the season. But at the, t- at the time, in the, to cl- in the waning moments of this match, they had 53 tries had been held scoreless the entire game. What a stand-up. Los Angeles Guillotini stand up. Oh, my God. Two penalty advantages, five minutes on the goal line, just absolutely heroic effort. Wow. I believe it was Chris Matina for the Jabronis, former rugby New Jersey dirt pecker there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he got over the line, and then it wasn't even a hard conversion. And I think it was A.J. McGee. Oh, man. Yeah, he whipped it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh. awful. I feel terrible for him. Uh, that would have been that would have given them the win there at the LA Coliseum. But unfortunately, it was Gilweenie's ten and Jabroni's yeah. eight. What a heartbreaker for the Jabronis. I think the Jabronis still get the Gilcrest Cup on aggregate though because oh. they beat them earlier. The Gilly so. Cup. Yeah, how about yeah. that? Yeah, pour some <laughs> Gilly's Lager in it, Jabronis. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The <laughs> next one was a little surprise to me with the scoreline here: Toronto Arrows at home against rugby new jersey the world famous semi-finalist 17 to 41 new jersey winning this one big yeah you know what i didn't do my homework on this one phil i had the arrows to win mm-hmm. they lost big i didn't notice that they have been quietly um piling on the injuries um, mm-hmm. they've got really yeah. almost nothing left they're a complete shell uh of their of their former selves and you know it wasn't as cold. York Lions actually beautiful pitch. I forgot how amazing that place is. It looks uh, like a stunning venue. I'll it be really there next week. Great. I'm excited. Yeah. Would, yeah. Nice. Well, enjoy yeah. it up there. Sure. But, will. Yeah. I mean, New York, New Jersey, the semifinalists ran rampant. So yeah, I wasn't happy to see it, but not surprised either, I guess. This is the biggest surprise of the weekend. I feel like um, at home, Utah Warriors um winning big 44 to 28 rugby atlanta what do you make of that yeah this was my other loss of the round completely whiffed on this one um after watching all 80 minutes of the match this is just one of those ones we we talked about it before phil like this kind of actually makes our win over utah seem a little bit more quality because Mm -hmm. don't forget as i was reviewing for my overall record uh since round four i forgot the utah warriors beat the weenies so they've taken out some pretty good teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. so this is what we we're talking about, how they're capable when the ball bounces their way, right. when the pass goes their way, when the passes are going to hand, Utah is dangerous. And then they got out in front so far and very uncharacteristic mistakes by Atlanta, just really lazy stuff around the breakdown, a lot of dropped balls that, you know, hey, now we got to, you know, you're a scrum against the head in your own 22. I think that they did well to keep this one to 44 26, wow. to be quite honest. Incredible. Um, a lesser team like the Dallas Jackals, you could have yeah. seen another right. record breaking score one. Um, For sure. Yeah, just uncharacteristic by ATL. I guess everyone's in, entitled to a stinker, and, and maybe that was theirs. Yeah, we've got them at home coming up this weekend. So uh, interesting to see what uh, Atlanta's response to that game will be. But I did want to mention finally here, our New England Free Jacks 26, uh, Old Glory DC 20 at Fort Quincy. Yeah, you know, another match where I don't think I don't think the boys played their best. And, you know, right. we kind of had a stinker. Yeah. Um, but credit to DC, they've, they've also turned it around. 
But you know what, though? This is the difference between us and ATL. They have a stinker and they lose big. Right. You know, granted, we were at home, but you know what? We have a kind of a stinker and we still find a way to win. And that's what great teams do. So very happy to see that. Hey, we got five points. Does it really matter that it was 26-20? No. Yeah, we'll give DC really. the point. They're not making the playoffs. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. That was a little gift from us to them. Yeah. Uh, see, see you next year, DC. All right. Um, So we've got our upcoming schedule here for round 15. We're going to skip over our game first here. And the next one is going to be Toronto Arrows at home once again against the lowly Dallas Jackals. Who you got? I think you know who I got, Phil. Toronto Arrows by a million. Um, Love love it. (laughs) Another another practice game for the Arrows. Basically a bye week. Let them heal up, put in all the subs, and probably still roll them boys. So I agree. It's roll them boys uh, once again against the Dallas Jackals. Um, yeah, so the Toronto version. Exactly. Yes, sir. Um, Houston Sabercats at home against uh, Utah Warriors, who look pretty good right now, beating Atlanta. Yeah, you know what, though? Again, like I, I previously said, I watched their, their whole match against ATL, and they had some cheeky kicks that, man, they should have been going out of bounds. Mm-hmm. They had some nice passes that probably in, in any other match or any other conditions probably weren't going to find the hand. I think Utah exploded. I think that that's what they're capable of doing, yep. but Houston's fighting their way, clawing their way, if you will, the Sabercats trying to claw their way into that third spot. I don't see them drop into the Utah Warriors at home. Back to Sabercats in this one, your boys. All right. This is going to be a neutrals nightmare because both teams are irrelevant in the Eastern Conference. We got Nola Gold at home at the Gold Mine, who I don't think they've won all year at their home uh, stadium. Embarrassing against uh, Old Glory DC, who's been eliminated from the playoffs, I believe. Um, so who you got in this one? You know what? This is my shocker pick of the round. Going with our red, white, and blue brothers. Wow. OG. Incredible. DC. I think they're going to take them down at the gold mine. They've turned it around, man. They put in a quality performance. The Free Jacks are the best team in the league. Yeah. So interesting yeah. subplot here. Nola Nate Osborne returns to his former team, the Nola Gold, who kicked him out the door, and he's really turned this DC squad around. Of course, I'll talk about it more with Dave later on in the episode. But I was impressed with DC. I mean, they, they really, they really took it to the Free Jacks at certain points of that game. I was furious, by the way. And that'll be the extra mustard. Than yes. a team that's not going anywhere right. in the postseason. This is kind of maybe their championship, doing it for doing it for the coach. I agree. That's a great point. Yeah. Let's skip over to uh, Rugby New Jersey at home in Hoboken, New Jersey, the home of Frank Sinatra against uh, Seattle Seawolves, who have to travel across the country for this yeah. one. Who you got? Yeah, you know, whew, this one's another pick one. This is a tough – I mean, I feel like New Jersey has secured their playoff spot. Um Seattle, obviously, still very much in a battle with, with Houston. They need the win, mm-hmm. uh, but they're they're coming across the country. It's a, it's a tough trip, and New York is looking beefy, man. Yep. They're looking tough. Um, Got to back the semifinalists at home. Yeah, it's a shame, but I have to agree with that. That's a hell of a, a travel. I think it'll D. be close, though. I think yeah. it'll be close. I agree. I mean, Seattle needs to be fighting for a playoff spot. I'm sure that they'll have that in mind, but that travel is hellacious, unfortunately. I mean, they're coming them. off the bye week. Yeah, the jackals. So that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> playing the throw that in there every time. Yeah, playing the practicing the B squad and the Dallas Jackals. Yeah. Uh, all right, we've got San Diego Legion at home once again on top of a parking garage against LA Gilweenies. Who you yeah. got? Easily the the, the Giltinis in this one. Mm-hmm. Their defense was too good. Um, I just think San Diego has faded. Like we talked about before, you know, Nanu and, and Rob Shaw just don't really seem to have the impact that San Diego was hoping they'd have. I don't think they're a bad team by any means, but I'll say it a million times, the Gilweenies are the best team in the West. I don't care what the table says. 
They most certainly are. And they proved it this last week. And I think they continue to march towards the top of the table in that bye week out West. All right. For the final game, this is the Friday, the 13th night game at home, 7 PM Eastern time at Fort Quincy. Everybody's going to be wearing their Jason mask. Other people will be wearing their superhero costumes. Uh, there's going to be fireworks after the game. It's just going to be an awesome time. Will you be there? Uh, Bozo? I'm hoping to be. Yeah. <laughs> I certainly am hoping to be. Unless something comes up, I should, I should be able to make it this one. I know I've said that for the last couple, but life has gotten in the way. Sure. Um, Obviously, I'm, I'm back in the free jacks in this one, and you and Dave will cover this in mm-hmm. a future segment on the show. I think I think this is a tough one, though. I think it's going to be a battle. Both teams not coming off of great form. Right. Uh, we've obviously locked up a playoff spot, but we'd very much like to have that home field, and I think it's yes. very important to play for as many points as you can because who doesn't want an if, you know, to, if we make it to the Shield match, you want to play right. that at home at, at veterans. Yes. So. I think there's everything to play for. And just because both teams didn't really have a great last week, I think both are quality stand-up sides. Um, and so we're kind of like the second cousins fighting it out here. If you yes. know, you know. Yes. Um, I think it's going to be a dog fight. Um, expect a close one in this one. Probably free jacks by like two. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I'm not going to give away my prediction at this point in the episode, but I will say that I believe the Free Jacks will win this game against uh, Atlanta, but it's going to be a very, very close game. Uh, Can I I just say one more thing about this one, too? Sure, yeah, yeah. You know, so, like, with this one, you know, the Free Jacks really have an opportunity. Not only have they clinched a playoff spot, but the only two teams that can beat them out for number one, I think mathematically at this point, is Rugby ATL in New Jersey. And, uh-huh. you know, obviously we're playing ATL this Friday and then we have New Jersey on the schedule June 3rd. You That's put right. those two games away and you put those guys to the sword and it's mm-hmm. over. It's, it's over. Yep. So Absolutely. Control our own destiny. And I think the team will very much be well aware of that and they'll play accordingly. So looking forward to it. For sure. Yeah. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, though, is if we beat Atlanta at home and somehow, some way, Seattle does us a favor and beats New Jersey um, at Hoboken, that would really put us in a driver's seat for that number one spot there in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that would be great. But, yeah, Bozo, any uh, musings that you've had on the Cape here to come up with these picks? Nope, nope. Just been trying to catch the wind out there on the beach, you know, head down the, uh, head down the bay. I was like, New England versus ATL. <laughs> and i knew the winds would blow for new england free jacks yep. hard know. hard to disagree with that you know the, the wind <laughs> the wind always knows as they say i don't know if they yeah, say that so does but, bozo uh, 45 and 17 incredible all hell bozo ladies and gentlemen he <laughs> is the foreseer of picks uh, an incredible record since we started this in round four and it just continues i'm sure this week so uh, i've got one word for everybody make sure you're saying it at home kids in three <laughs> two one huzzah ah. Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Ranger Show. I'm I'm joined as always with Dave, Dave McVeigh as well. And also this time around, we've got Ewan Brumwell, the strength and conditioning coach for the Free Jacks, has joined us. Very kind of him to do this. Uh, We appreciate your time. Ewan, where are you from? Uh, A bit of a long story. So uh, born in California, San Diego, and then uh, moved to Scotland when I was four years old. So Grew up there. Um, once I finished high school, I um, didn't get into university because I was too busy trying to play rugby. So yeah. I didn't really concentrate on my studies. And then, uh, yeah, off to Australia I went for a year and then been in New Zealand for about nine years. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, a, been a bit of a journey. And um, glad to be here with the Free Jacks um, 
as a strength and conditioning coach for this season. So, and hopefully uh, for a couple more, it will be nice. So, see what the future holds. Excellent. Um, when did you first, when, what is your first memory of uh, having a rugby ball in your hand and playing rugby? How long, when was that? Yeah, so I was probably, yeah, about five, maybe six years old, I guess. Um, I mean, my, my dad tells me a story that he took me out when I think, yeah, I must have been about five years old when he tried to get me out there, four or five. And I was too busy uh, trying to be Spider-Man and chase the seagulls and do other things. That wasn't really <laughs> rugby, but he brought me, uh, brought me back the next year and, and I loved it. So, um, yeah, ever since then, just been sort of playing rugby, uh, you know, rugby stuff in Scotland and uh, really enjoying it. And then I got the chance to, to go to Australia and then... And, and then New Zealand, as I said, so um, yeah, got to play in a few different places, and obviously, um, never. But after a while, I never thought I was going to be uh, be able to say I was a professional rugby player. But um, last year, getting a few games for the Free Jacks was pretty cool. So um, yeah, it was an awesome experience to to say I've done that anyway. Yeah, so it's interesting your story to the Free Jacks. You're a strength and conditioning coach, but you also, you know, obviously play a bit of rugby and have played for the Free Jacks most recently. Uh, I think two weeks ago you were had to, to to join the 23 there. So talk about how did you end up with the organization? Where's the connections there? How did that tip come about? Yeah, so I, I guess um, the first connection really was was Ryan Martin, so the, obviously the coach last year. Um, so I. Uh, had been working for a Tiger Rugby for a long time as a strength and conditioning coach, you know, through the ranks. I started off with the academy and sort of made my way up. And so I was assisting. Um, he was first assisting um, as the as a skills coach as well. So that's sort of how we, you know, got to, to know of each other and, and um, find out that we both like surfing. So we went out surfing a lot together, sort of created sort of a close relationship, I guess, from with that. And then, um, you know, when when he found I was found out I was born in America, he was pretty keen to get me over here to play. So, right. um, sort of as a, I guess a domestic player. Um, so, uh, I was kind of trying to balance it with work and you know being able to do it. And, and luckily, he got me over for for about six weeks. I think it was. So, um, and, and as I said before, I loved the experience and um, it was cool to to live with the rugby player for a month or so. So. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, that, that sort of connection in the first place. And obviously, um, TK, Tom Kindly was also uh, from, you know, the Dunedin region. And, and mm -hmm. we actually did the same course at uh, Tiger Polytechnic. So uh, I think I did it the year before him. And okay. then, um, so I sort of come back and was, you know, almost helping um, deliver some practical courses during the thing. So he was actually sort of a student while I was sort of teaching a little bit. And now he's flipped around but he's sort of the boss of me now so it's uh may have <laughs> right. work out. but um yeah so that i guess that's another connection there um but basically those two guys are the ones that you know, got me involved with with free jacks so yeah that's awesome so you've been over here you know last season and now this season as well what's your overall impressions of mlr you've been all over the world playing rugby and, and seeing rugby what's your impressions of it uh i mean i, I guess i was wasn't really sure what to expect coming over last year you know, playing and then uh but it was definitely the highest level of rugby I've played, um, which was which was pretty awesome because, uh, you know, as much as, you know, obviously New Zealand, uh, hotbed of rugby and things like that, but, you know, playing uh, at club rugby, it's, it's, it's still amateur. So coming into a professional setup where you're training full time and, and that's your focus, um, it, it just raises the bar a little bit. So, and having that, you know, spread of talent, you know, there's, there's some local guys that are, 
even even from you know uh, I guess last year to now, like some of the guys have just you know skyrocketed in terms of their their ability, and um, as you guys will be well aware of, you know, Eagle and, and Cam and some of those other sort of local lads that are just like um, you know. And, and probably this season, you know, before he got injured, Zach Bastres from from day one to being able to start the wing two weeks in a row was uh, it was pretty cool to to see his um, progression as well. So, um, but yeah, the, the league is it's definitely getting better, and I, I think it's one of those ones that's it's it's going to keep growing um, if, if we stay with it. I think some people are a bit quick to to shut it down and be like, oh, it's not that good, and, but. No, some people just don't have patience these days to stick with them, <laughs> right. see things grow, and, and it's going to be it's going to be awesome in um, in the future for sure. I think the goal is you know getting the top five competitions in the world, and then you know top three, and it, it, it's going to grow. It's you know it's going to take time, obviously, to to reach those benchmarks and stuff like that. But I'm excited for the growth of rugby in the United States. A lot of us, you know, have been at this for quite a while. I mean, people much older than me as well, trying to get this thing off the ground and, and promoting it as much as possible. So it's cool to see it at its infancy stages, and then as it progresses onwards. So, um, what is the day in the life of you and Brumwell, the strength and conditioning coach? So um, what does that look like uh, on a day-to-day basis? What do you do for the team every day? Yeah, so I guess, um, you know, start of the week, uh, we, we sort of see who's a bit banged up from the weekend potentially and those sorts of things. And if we have to make any modifications to gym sessions or, or training load during the week. So um, I work pretty closely with the medical as well as the, the coaches to try and figure out who's fit and available to train fully, who needs as I said before, modifications or um, can't train at all for maybe the first half of the week or those sorts of things that, that always kind of comes in at this part of the season. Um, as you, you're probably aware, we've got a few injuries and things like that, just which are sometimes um, unavoidable. So, um, but I, I guess from my point of view, like having, you know, knock on wood, we haven't had too many soft tissue injuries, um, which is sort of a thing that can, you know, in the strength and conditioning world can be sort of avoidable, um, people say. So, Luckily, we haven't had too many of those to, to you know, because we're not training enough or training too much or mm-hmm. all sorts of things. So um, I, I guess that's, um, you know, it's a team effort between myself and, and medical and, and, as I said, the coaches. So, um, and it's actually been really awesome, um, you know, this year for me because in, in the past I've probably worked with some some people that haven't given me as much um, leeway to sort of have uh, as much of a say on, on what we do at training. So, mm-hmm. You know, just having a little bit more time or, or mod- modifying things um, in our week to, to sort of get the best for the performance of the weekend. That's sort of, I guess, my main role um, is sort of looking after that stuff. So, yeah, um, sort of a long-winded answer, but, um, yeah, it's basically look after them in the gym, on the field, and, and um, collect GPS data and, and run water on game day. So, <laughs> right. Very good. Very good. Um, so, you know, you haven't been with the organization for a long time, but you've been there for a while now at this point, what has been your favorite memory so far with this organization? What would you say that is? Uh, I mean, I suppose there's been a few really like, even just, as I said, last year, you know, running on for my first game was, was pretty cool. Like uh, in, in New Jersey um, against, against those guys last year was, uh, mm-hmm. was, was pretty special moment, you know, to, to, you know, just in the in the tent afterwards and things like that, celebrating sort of getting that first game. Although the, the result didn't go our way, it was, um, it was still pretty cool to to have that. But um, in terms of this year, from the coaching side of things, I think uh, 
you know, as I said, like just working with a new group of, of people, um, it, it's been pretty cool. Because I mean, I suppose I've been at a Tiger rugby for a long time, same sort of environment. Um, so just it's really refreshing to come somewhere new. And, and I guess the optimism of, of you know, the, the MLR itself, people are, are wanting it to grow and, and the players are, you know, optimistic and new place and, and good spirits and, you know, the coaches are the same. And, um, you know, and even TK trying to drive things from the from the top sort of thing. And uh, as a performance director, you know, it, it's, it's pretty cool to, to see that, you know, we're trying to create a, a high performance environment, I guess. Um, you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of work with him at the moment to try and sort out. We've, we've sort of got a temporary gym space and we're going to be moving again next season. So I'm, I'm trying to do a lot of uh, help in that, in that situation to, to get the, the floor plan properly laid out for what we need, what we what we want ideally and and what that's all going to look like. So it's sort of a bit of an extra thing at the moment on my plate, but it's um, exciting times, you know. Uh, oh, absolutely. Getting what it could be, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're kind of the, the, the man in charge is going to be overseeing this new um, facility. And I'm pretty sure that Dave and I saw it. It's at the uh, the basement level there of um yeah. okay yep yep so we did see it yeah and that's quite the space to work with there wouldn't you say yeah yeah for sure i mean it's um now that there's sort of some framing of the walls and things like that have went up it's uh and, and they've been digging into the ground and taking pipes out and doing all these sorts of things it's it's quite crazy to see like from <laughs> uh, you know i can't remember the last time i was in there but um you know before just last week and it was it looks so much different already and it's, it's pretty cool to to see the the momentum, I suppose, of it, and, and it sounds like they're going to be um, kind of pushing on with it a bit, uh, a bit more now. Um, they've got some time to sort of get things rolling. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Very good. Last question for me here: um, What's been your favorite and least favorite thing about living in New England? Obviously, New England very different from Scotland and um, you know New Zealand. So, what's been what's been the uh, favorite and least favorite? Uh, well, I saw it with least favorite, I suppose. I mean, I know Wheel said this too, but like, I'm struggling with the drivers, man. Like, they're, they're so epic <laughs> out here. Like, yeah. It's, uh, and then trying to drive on the right hand side of the road, which is like a bit of a, a bit of a daunting task to start with. But um, yeah. yeah, not too bad. And obviously, the, the, the colder winters, like, I feel like when I was here last year, it was, it was already a lot hotter. So I'm, I'm yes. surprised not. Uh, the temperature hasn't climbed up yet and the sun's been out, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of getting over this sort of teasing us with some good weather, um, that sort of thing. But uh, in terms of uh, what I've enjoyed, I mean, it's, I suppose it's just cool to, to see some of the sort of the New England area. I went up during the bye week with, with TK to, to Vermont and um, New Hampshire and those sorts nice. of places. And then, you know, just seeing, um, some of the, I suppose the, the breweries as well, the, the IPAs and things like that. So yeah. trying a few of those, which haven't typically been my favorite beer or such, but um, I guess I'm slowly uh, getting into them more and more. But there's, there's been some cool spots to to try a few. And um, but yeah, I mean, I I guess it's, it's still probably a lot more sightseeing to be done um, for myself. Like we've been pretty busy, a lot of away games as you as you'll know um, mm -hmm. so far. So we've got. You know, another couple of home games and, and a couple at the end there. So hopefully get to see a bit more of the of the city itself, um, of Boston, and then obviously maybe get down to I've been hearing good things about Cape Cod. So yes. uh, need to get down that way and, and have a look as well. So uh, yeah, just keen to 
to snoop around a bit more. Very good. You and just, just mentioned alcoholic beverages, and I do have one here that I wanted to highly recommend. This is uh, Storm Along's Legendary Dry. It is their flagship cider. Very good. I, I highly recommend it. And one final thing here, I did want to give a shout out to my first rugby club ever, Charlotte Old Originals. They're playing in the semifinals of the Division Two this weekend for the for the Nationals. So super excited for them. Dave, take it away, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you and great to have you here. Always, always really fun to talk to you uh, at events. I'm excited to have you on the show. Um, tell us a little bit. First of all, I have to go to the very recent. Um, you appeared on the 23 man roster in New York. I did a double take when I heard Dallin Stanford <laughs> say your name on the broadcast. I was like, that can't, that can't have been the plan. No, meaning no offense. I was very excited. I was like, you and Mike get out there. This is, this is super cool. So how did it come about? How did you feel? It's gotta be weird to just game day be like, all right, you're, you know, you're, you're on tap. You're in the 23. And what would we have seen if you had made it onto the pitch? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, Maybe if the scoreline was a, a little bit um, safer, I might have might have got a few minutes there. But uh, I think probably the best thing not to chuck me on when it was um, three points in, in it or whatever it was at the end there. So, um, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, Holden went down with um, with an injury in captain on the day before. So, um, and we'd sort of been talking a little bit about you know, we, as I said before, we had a few injuries, especially in the backs, just you know, unfortunate ones that we couldn't really avoid, you know, Dougie's rib, um, um, Barlow's knee, you know, with that obviously horrendous clash with the post. And, you know, those are pretty freak sort of injuries, some of those things. So, um, yeah. unfortunately, yeah, we're running a bit low there. So I had done my medical, you know, way at the start of the sort of season, just we kind of said, oh, just in case, you know. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, like, I'll, I'll, I'll do it just to take one for the team. But, um, and then it was like, Literally the week of the the New York game um, or New Jersey game, should I say? The uh, the um, TK was saying to me, "Oh, we need we need to get you signed this contract just in case anyone goes down, and you'll you'll be like the twenty fourth man." Um, if, if and then, yeah, unfortunately for Holden, he he did go down, so I had to put the twenty one jersey on, and I was uh, running the running the water in full kit, which was was a bit weird, and it was sort of trying to, you know focus on on that role and then obviously if i had to get on was kind of thinking right i need to be able to switch on and make some tackles and <laughs> do a few things but uh yeah it was uh sort of a weird one i haven't um, been in that situation before to be honest so um it's always sort of joked about because i've always you know played rugby and been you know on on the sidelines like that but uh yeah, so hopefully won't have to do it again um because we'd rather have our, our players out there but um you know, not, not, uh, I'll, I'll take one for the team if I absolutely have to. Yeah. Hard to wear two hats, but if it does happen again, if you get out there, we'll all be rooting for you. Um, you have filled, uh, many roles down in New Zealand and New Zealand rugby supporting the Otago Academy team, the MPC team, um, some work with the Highlanders and super rugby. Can you talk about how the training conditions in terms of like the preseason and season length um, and then the facilities compare between your previous roles in New Zealand and your current role with the Free Jacks? Yeah, so I guess probably, you know, the, the Super Rugby is obviously, you know, that, that sort of level up in terms of the actual rugby itself. and. Um, 
it, it's it's pretty pretty cool to be involved with that for a short time. Like I was I was sort of interning, I guess. It was, it was just in the gym space. I didn't really do a lot of the on-field things. It was, it was just more, yeah, around the gym. So did a year sort of interning, then I sort of, I suppose, did a good enough job for them to offer me a, bit, a little bit of money um, the second year around, which was which was cool. So um, so I was helping there basically for two years. Um, I learned, learned a hell of a lot around the gym programming and, and that side of things. And, and they share a facility with uh, High Performance Support New Zealand. So um, their, their facility is pretty awesome. Like they've got a, um, I think it's like a three or four lane track in, indoors, which is about 35 meters long or something like that, maybe a little bit longer. Um, and, you know, massive conditioning area. They've got lots of bikes and rowers and that sort of thing. Um, and then plenty of squat racks and, and throwing wall and, and machines and all, all, all the things you need for sort of a bit of a strength and conditioning coach's heaven, to be honest. It's, um, but, if it was purely the the Highlanders gym, I don't know if they would they would have all that stuff. I think it's just lucky that they sort of share that facility with with them. And, and there's not a hell of a lot of, I guess, Olympic type athletes or other athletes that are high performance sport in, in Dunedin. So it, it's kind of probably quite fitting that there's a, a dual purpose for that gym. Um, but uh, and from the Otago perspective, we used to to rent that gym as well and, and use it. Okay. Sort of for my first. Two, uh, two years, I think, with, with Otago. Um, and then we actually got our own gym space, which isn't, isn't, isn't quite as good in terms of, you know, all the, the bells and whistles, but it's much better having our own space. So we were always so stru- like structured around what time we could go in and how many numbers were allowed in the gym, blah, 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 health and safety. So we sort of um, were like, nah, time to get our own place. Um, luckily, we sort of got enough money together and, and, and made it work. And... Um, I actually loved my time there because it was, again, as I said, like, you know, a lot more flexible. So we managed to get more groups in, which meant I actually became full time because we had that gym and it was, it was awesome. So, um, but I would say it's pretty similar to what the Free Jacks have now, to be honest, um, in terms of equipment. Um, and especially once we go down into the basement, it'll be more or less the same, if not even better in the basement, to be honest. So, um, from, from that perspective, they're definitely on the right track around, uh, what needs to be done but yeah and in terms of the actual training itself like i suppose this is where somewhere that the free jacks probably want to get to is having an academy system that you know basically trains 10 months of the year um you know depending on what time the season is but um some of the guys might kick on to the npc and be professional and that might be sort of what happened to the free jacks or in an academy and they train early mornings late nights outside of work hours and then mm-hmm. um if they are you know, good enough to be in the professional team, then they'll become a professional player for that six-month period of the, of the season and then go back to you know, working during the day and, and training at night, in the mornings, whatever. Um, and I, I think that's where we probably want to try and get to. So we can either have guys, well, more guys here year-round um, if, if they're not going to you know, NPC or other tournaments around the world that sort of coincide with you know, um, you know, playing MLR and then being able to go somewhere else. So... Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm pretty excited to be involved in, and you know, got a bit of, I suppose, knowledge from that sort of um, way of doing things. So hopefully, uh, can help uh, drive that for the Free Jacks in the future. Excellent. Um, the team does look to be very fit this season. 
uh, especially in their win over Atlanta, where they just seemed like they outpaced them in the last 20 minutes. It really, to, to my eye, seemed like a, a big win for, for you as a strength and conditioning coach there. Um, what have you brought to the team that's unique, uh, you know, and that has, that has helped move them to that level that they're at this season? Um, well, I think, first of all, a lot of credit has to go to the, the players and, as I said before, the coaches around, um, you know, buying into the to the program and, um, you know, them allowing me, like the, the coaches, that is, to, to manipulate things as we need to, to make sure we get the right load or um, if, we're, if we're doing too much to pull it back a little bit and, and try and focus on just the, the main things we need to get done. Um, and then from the players, you know, just the, the work ethic they put in, um, everyone's pretty hungry to get better and, and you know fitter faster stronger those sorts of things for the, for the most part so um, yeah I, th- I think um, you know you know credit must go to TK and the coaches as well around recruitment because we've got guys coming off the bench that are just you know just as good as our starters that you know could easily be you know fighting for those 20 uh, the, the 15 1 to 15 jerseys so um I guess, you know, I don't want to take too much credit around the fitness side of things. I think it just helps when we've got a good bench coming coming in um, when it's sort of 50, 60 minutes into the game and a bit of firepower as well. So, um, but I, I guess from my perspective, I've just tried to make things, um, you know, as simple as possible in terms of um, want to get in, get out of the gym, like, because it's, we, you know, we want to play rugby, we want to do those basics to, to get us physically prepared to play the game. Um, you know, obviously, when everyone's fit, you've got a better training and better training leads to better performance. So that's sort of, I guess, my um, way of looking at things. And, and most SCs are probably the same, to be fair. So um, yeah, just it's maybe next year if I'm going to try and push to get some, you know, interns because at the moment it's just myself. So um, which is something that I haven't really done before. So it's uh, it's actually been been quite tough for me at times. Like trying to probably bite off more than I can chew at times, but um, hopefully next year we'll, we'll get a bit of a system going where we have a couple of interns coming in to help as well. And, and you know, because for me, you know, to, to teach is to learn twice sort of thing. So if I have some of that kind of, you know, mentoring and educating as well, then it'll help me keep developing and learning too. So um, kind of excited to try and try and get something like that going, whether it's a, a, a university or a couple of universities or whatever it might be that around the, area that we can sort of tap into and then try and help grow you know rugby essences in the area too so um, yeah that's sort of i guess something i'd like to to try and implement that sounds really promising i'm sure that uh it'd be a wealth of knowledge uh in particular because of how few opportunities you know there are for strength and conditioning coaches in the area students who might be interested in rugby and and what you know what the sport looks like from an snc perspective um uh what shifting gears a little bit from rugby into uh your background um what scottish foods do you miss here in the united states um and what is a bit of scottish culture that fans can bring to future unicorn slash scotland theme nights to move beyond the kilts iron brew and freedom view of scottish culture oh geez um yeah i'm not really sure what else we can offer apart from Kilts and iron brew, and um, maybe some tenants lager. All the boys at home I speak to, they're always talking about drinking that. But um, but dad reckons it's horrible, so <laughs> he hasn't quite got into that over there. But um, now, nah, in terms of the food, like I, I like 
I do actually, not that I ate it much when I was there, I suppose it's one of those things, once you leave, you kind of miss it, but the haggis, neeps and ties, you know, I yeah. uh, we'll have that at least once a year um, on Burns night, so it's, uh, yeah, that's just something that um, I guess I'll try and try and get a bit of next time I'm home, uh, but uh, I suppose just, you know, things seem to be easy enough now, like as you're saying, Iron Brew, um, <laughs> buy at the international shelf most of the time in the supermarket, so um it's uh not that i'm a real big sugary drink <laughs> as a strength conditioning coach shouldn't be shouldn't be having that stuff too much <laughs> try and try and lead by example i guess but uh yeah um be having what when i go home i sort of try and try and get into that stuff again and what i've missed but uh yeah i'm not i'm not probably too like um not missing too much of it i guess um in terms of food but probably just mum's cooking and that sort of thing is probably what I miss more than, you know, treats as such from, from Scotland. So, yeah, absolutely. I hear you. I just, when I was in, I visited Scotland for a couple of weeks. And when I was there, I discovered the joy of, of, you know, some sliced fried haggis for, you know, as part of a breakfast. That yeah. is, that is, you know, for my money, that was the best way to enjoy it. You know, next day, get it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's very good. Yeah, um, it's good. So you mentioned already you were born in the USA in San Diego, grew up in Scotland, um, education and work background in New Zealand. And there's a lot of Kiwis on the team. So I'm going to put you on the hot seat when it comes to test rugby. Where does your loyalty lie? Uh, yeah, it's still, if it was Scotland versus New Zealand, it'd definitely be Scotland. Um, I was actually pretty gutted that just before the pandemic sort of struck, uh, Scotland were supposed to be playing New Zealand in Dunedin. Um, under the roof, which would have been an awesome experience. Like, um, you know, obviously living in Dunedin and, and uh, being able to support Scotland and see them there would have been great. So uh, I was actually trying to, to keep in contact with them because they were potentially going to use, you know, our gym and things like that for, for training during the week, things like that. So it uh, would have been cool to sort of, you know, be in contact. And, and I think potentially a couple of guys I've played with and against were, were in the team as well. So um yeah it would be cool to sort of maybe catch up with them if, if i had time and, and uh but yeah def definitely scotland still um haven't quite got my permanent residency in new zealand so <laughs> i don't think i'm really allowed to claim myself as a kiwi yet so <laughs> that's fair careful that <clears throat> they might revoke it i don't know they <laughs> <clears throat> take rugby pretty seriously yeah, um sure. so okay so scotland for sure did you see and what did you think of Finn Russell's comments after the Six Nations about his love of cheeseburgers and being a rugby player, not a bodybuilder? What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely see where he's coming from. And, and you know, it's, uh, I suppose, the older I've gotten um, around, you know, the like, I suppose my profession, the more I've realized that, yeah, we actually are such a small cog in a big wheel. Like, it's, if he's still performing, um, which most of the time he is, like he's, he's a pretty awesome player. Um, let's be honest. Um, doesn't really matter if yeah, if he is a um, a lean, mean machine, or if he's just kind of a little bit podgy like he is and, and running around and doing his thing. Like he just pulls the strings and plays well. So um, yeah, I don't think it's really um, something that I, I I kind of agree with him to a certain extent. But obviously, it's. We still want people to be um, putting their best foot forward. So as long as you know he goes into trainings and, and does all that stuff, then that's you know you can't really say much more. So because I mean, the guys, yeah, you, you've got to still enjoy food and, and other things outside of rugby, you know. So um, can't be too strict with the diet sometimes. Yeah, 
And it's as a teammate of mine, Jason LaChapelle used to always say, of course, he was a scrum half who ran marathons for fun. You know, rugby's just more fun when you're fit. Just yeah. you just enjoy it more. You know, you can you can do more things you want to do. Um, so, you know, just from a pure enjoyment standpoint, uh, it's it's more fun when you got more gas in the tank. Thing. Definitely. You get more involvement in the game. So, um, yeah, you're better off being a bit fitter and you, and you, you probably touch a ball a bit more and have some more involvement, which is always more fun. Yeah. Who is your favorite rugby player of all time? You could wave your magic wand. You got a time machine, whatever. Who is your guy who you're plucking out of, you know, international rugby and, and dropping onto the free Jacks team? Uh, well, maybe well, when I was younger, I was, uh, Johnny Wilkinson was the man, like, even though he was English, um, yeah. he was, he was the man. And, um, that's kind of, I suppose, you know, partly where I see some of my sort of personal drive to, to be as good as I could. Cause I, I was just listening to him and, and watching, you know, shows that he was on, whatever. He was, he was just such a dedicated hard worker. So um, I probably got a lot of a lot of that from watching him and, and thinking he was he was awesome. But um, and then when he sort of faded away, I suppose it was Daniel Carter. So those two guys are always, yeah, probably the my favorite too. Um, to be fair. Yeah, hard to argue with either of them. Yeah, and uh, Wilco in particular, just I mean, a ten who just would put his body on the line yeah. against anybody, which is you know just something as a fan you really appreciate. Yeah. Uh, never a guy who's taking himself out of a game. He's looking for every opportunity to put himself in it. Yeah. Um, awesome. That's it for me. Thank you so much. I know Phil probably has a few uh, quick rounds, uh, but I appreciate your time. It's been really fun talking to you. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, man. All right. Um, give us your best Boston or American accent. I'm sure you were waiting for this one there. Oh, geez. Yeah, put me on the spot. I think I'll have to try and steal one of those lines I used for the boys. I think it was the, the pack, the can, the Harvard yard. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> not too far off there. Um, so we got one word association, then we'll get you out of here. So I'm going to say one word or a couple of words. The first thing that pops in your mind, one word, spit it back at us, okay? Okay, okay. All right. Tom Kindly. Uh, dedicated. Scotland. Home. Dougie Fife. Legend. Boston. Cold. <laughs> Agus. Yum. And finally, the Jacks Rangers show. Amazing. Huzzah. Ah, huzzah. <laughs> yeah. So you got it. You're warming up there because that's the next thing that we're going to say in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. Woo. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I am joined as always with Dave McVeigh. Dave, how the hell are you this week? I am doing well. Doing well. Just about relaxed my back and my shoulders from that uh nail biter this weekend how about you phil pretty good i still got my nails even though it was a nail biter <laughs> it was uh, it was quite the game i think we were not expecting the type of uh tenacity that dc showed i mean good on them uh it was a it was a great game unfortunately i was a little bit furious throughout the whole thing with the performance of the free jacks um, <laughs> but uh, we'll get into that here shortly uh, in terms of what's happening this weekend, I did want to throw this out here. It is Friday the 13th, and that is the name of this episode. We have a home game, I believe, for the first time on a Friday. It's an evening game. It's supposed to be really warm that day uh, and in the 70s that night. So some really good weather for the Free Jacks. Really excited for that. Let's reverse that for a moment and go back to this previous game. It was Derby Day. Uh, the, the Kentucky Derby was on. Um, how did you enjoy it prior to the game? 
uh, had a really good time. My girls were very into this theme. Mm -hmm. Um, so my wife and my daughter dressed with, you know, fascinators and fancy dresses and, mm -hmm. and their fancy hats. Uh, my older daughter, Abby had a full, you know, jockey outfit with her yep. riding helmet and everything. And uh, they really had a good time. They they spent probably half an hour just running around in the grass, you know, being mm -hmm. horses and goofballs, <laughs> right? Uh, before the game, so it was a big hit. I hope they. I hope this is one. You know, they have lots of themes they could do. I'm sure we'll see some themes return, mm -hmm. and some teams, you know, disappear for a while and come back. Yes. Um, I hope this is one they keep every year because the Derby is an annual event. I think it's a lot of fun. People mm -hmm. seem to really be into it. Okay. Um, yep. Maybe not in number, but the people who did it, you know, it's it's fun to dress up and come out, mm -hmm. right? And uh, Derby Days gives you an excuse to do the the fancy version. Absolutely. So, yeah. I, thought, I thought the theme was great, and uh, we had a really good time. Excellent. Yeah, I had uh, one more cider, one more storm along cider than I normally had, so I was feeling pretty good throughout the game uh, in terms of that aspect of it. Uh, but let's get right into the um, DC review here. So the final score on this one was DC 20, New England 26. Very close encounter here. Um, a quick yellow card for DC being, an all, being in an offside position just four minutes in allows a great line-out mall try for Mills, which is short for millennium, by the way, folks out there. And of course, we're talking about uh, Santarivi uh, to rumble across the line. Jack's strike first. The conversion by Waka is good. Seven to zero before DC's yellow card ran out. The Jacks saw their lead loosen with an open Doug Frazier on the wing. Scoring conversion was no good, though. Five to seven. Um, so basically just uh, tries back and forth there. But we converted ours. Um, initial thoughts? Yeah, we, uh, you know, my key to the game was score early and score often. We did the mm -hmm. score early part. Right. Um, Mike Petrie said the same thing in the broadcast, made me feel very validated. I respect Mike a lot. I think he's a great commentator. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was fun to hear him say, uh, you know, the, the same thing that the key to Free Jack's win was just going to be to be keep the scoreboard ticking over. Mm -hmm. um, of course, that's a little John Madden who doesn't know you got to score to win, right? right, right. Um, <clears throat> so we were, on, we, we were on our way. Mm -hmm. um, the problem for me was that DC was just able to create pressure and make mm -hmm. it count, yep. right? So uh, pressure is one of those things that's really hard to quantify, um, but it's, you know, line speed, slowing down the defensively, line speed, slowing down the ball, pressuring kickers, chasing, you know, to, to contest your own kicks, all that sort of stuff. And DC just kept us pinned in our corner um with pressure mm -hmm. and uh they made it matter you know they they yep. were able to capitalize on it um and i think that kind of set the tone for the rest of the match which was going to be you know some errors on the free jacks parts but yep. a lot of pressure generating kind of a little bit of franticness mm -hmm. um in the free jacks play uh so credit to dc in the first 10 minutes sure. they were definitely here to play yep um, you know, not getting too far into the what happened in the first half, but I did think that our initial strategy was a lot of um, up and unders from Waka, uh, and their 10 responded very well. I mean, he had an absolute cannon for a leg, and he was really uh, causing some problems there. But let me get back into the highlights here from what I took down. The Jacks let their discipline slip with the pest, Jesse Peretti, taking out a man <laughs> with the ball, which allowed DC's um, uh, Safoo 
uh, to convert three points from a penalty kick. DC take the lead eight to seven. Fort Quincy was stunned, David. Uh, yeah. 34 minutes gone at that point. Yeah, Soifaloi is a menace, um, and I mean that as, an, as a compliment. Mm-hmm. He played very well in this game. I was really impressed by his play, and his kicking was was good there. Um, <clears throat> we haven't lost at Veterans Memorial Stadium, and we've rarely trailed there. So you're mm-hmm. right that it was a little bit of a shock for the home fans. Um, and uh, I think everybody was was on the edge of their seats when DC took the lead. Yes, absolutely. We were uh, watching with bated breath. And, and then, of course, the pest redeemed himself three minutes before halftime with a hard-earned try. At this point, it's 14-8 to eight halftime. The scoreline much closer than expected. I tweeted that you had to give a hat tip uh, to D.C., uh, but the Jacks needed to wake up and roll them boys. Uh, what were your overall first-half thoughts? Yeah, just D.C.'s ability to capitalize on pressure, like I said. Um that was not worrying honestly i found it to be a really enjoyable game you know Mm -hmm. it was back and forth uh definitely stressful yes um definitely um not enjoyable in that like kick up your heels you know pop a big grin and just cruise to victory way Mm -hmm. that you know we've enjoyed many other times yes um but it was you know it was titillating it was exciting It, it definitely looked like it was anybody's game, mm-hmm. especially at halftime. Uh, and it, I mean, it remained that way. I, I felt throughout, but in that moment, you know, my family left, my kids were cold uh, and tired. And so they went ahead and peaced out. We'd brought two cars for that purpose. And um, you know, I really just kind of settled down at halftime and, and was, uh, you know, batting down the hatches sort of, it really was shaping up to be a very close game and a lot more interesting um, of a matchup than I had predicted. Yeah, same here, man. DC came out uh, on a mission attempting to take the lead early in the second half, but a forward pass right before the try was scored, uh, took points off the board for DC. DC was not done, though, and at 48 minutes in, uh, in, the men from Washington were able to get over the line with the bulldozing try by Junior uh, Seau. Uh, conversion was good. 14 to 15 DC on type. And I'll tell you right now, I was absolutely furious, Dave. Um, You know, throughout the match, I I normally just cross my, my, uh, my arms and generally have a scowl on my face, uh, regardless (laughs) of what's taking place on the field. Uh, Of course, I'll do some high fives if we're winning and stuff like that. But this one, you know, I was just angry. When DC scored that try, I yelled, are we really going to let these scrubs come here and do this to us. Now, of course, that's not being very kind to DC, but at the same time, I was just, you know, that's how I felt, man. Like this team is, they're they're better than their record shows, but not by much. Um, so I were you more worried or upset, Dave, at that point? Um, I don't know. I don't know that I would say I was, I, I guess, worried of the two. Um, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think that we're, gonna play mistake free rugby every week mm-hmm. um and i think that a lot of what we saw you know i already talked about the pressure element but the other pieces dc was just up for it man yeah they, they were, were they were coming they were. up hard yep. um they were very prepared nate osborne and james willicks and the, yeah. the whole crew down there have done a really good job with their bye week preparing for this matchup um mm-hmm. and i think that it really speaks to the fact that we have a target on our back now. Yes. We're, yep. you know, we're literally record breaking every week. 
everybody we play is going to want to be the one to, you know, knock that hat off our head. Right. right. Uh, They want to walk in and it's mostly home matches. We have one away match in Toronto left. Right. But Mm -hmm. three home matches. And, you know, these guys are Atlanta, Nola and New York are going to want to walk into Veterans Memorial Stadium and, you know, just punch us in the eye and make us make us look bad. Um, and I think that's really what we saw. DC, if they played the way they played all season, they wouldn't be eliminated from the playoffs, right? right. They, they'd that's be right. in the hunt. Um, that's that certainly is a team that that could have taken some wins off of people who are above them mm-hmm. in the pool if they yes. had showed up like they they did against us. So yeah, uh, I think we're in a dangerous position. I think that. It's, there's almost an advantage to every team we play until mm-hmm. the streak is broken, right? Yeah, that, for sure. that it is a huge psychological um, boost to, you know, it boosts our guys too. I'm sure they're very amped about it. It's not that it's only one direction, mm-hmm. but um, it really gives every opponent something to play for. Yep. And uh, I think that we can't underestimate what that is and how much energy that brings to everybody that we're going to be facing. I, you know, listen, I agree. That's one of the things I was talking about last week was I would much rather prefer this Free Jacks team to fly under the radar um, and just be kind of one of those scrappy teams that are kind of underdogs. But, you know, it is nice. You know, the the fun part is the, the fun is in the winning. Right. And we've had a lot of that this year for the Free Jacks. And it's been an awesome ride and everything like that. You know, we can talk about how dominant this team has been at certain times and just how impressive this win streak is, but it is absolutely true that a byproduct of this success is other teams want to whoop our ass. Um, and, and they want to do it at Fort Quincy because there is this, there is this mystique around the league. I'm sure because listen, you know, this team has only lost once at home ever in their franchise history, um, going back to last year. So, you know, it's bulletin board material every time a team plays the Free Jacks. You know, we want to be the team that, in, that ends the streak. So they're going to give you their best. And so for the Free Jacks, we have to sustain that success by playing teams that are going to be playing up uh, up their level to try to combat us, which, um, you know, if we're, if we have an off week, we could definitely lose. And it was kind of looking like that in this game where we just didn't look as well as we normally do. And it wasn't as effective at certain points, but, you know, getting back to the highlights here with 54 minutes gone and the Jacks are attacking deep into DC's territory, Wayne Vanderbank, um, stepped one defender and then ran through another on his way to a diving, uh, auto seven try and put the Jacks back in the lead where where they belong. The world's greatest rugby commentator, Dallin Stanford said Wayne's world party on after that try 21 to 15, you know, you're feeling good at that point that the, that uh, the Jacks have woken up a little bit and are asserting their dominance because, you know, we are the more talented squad there's some good players on that DC team, no doubt about it, but up and down the roster, we are, we have uh, better players than they do. But the Jacks were not done, though, and thankfully they were not. Uh, They wanted one more with just three minutes left. Wayne Vanderbank once again bursting through the gain line, almost getting a a second try himself, but was just short. That led to a pass out wide to the corner that allowed Slade McDowell to score in the corner to put D.C. away and earn the bonus point, which is crucial here, of course, uh, with four tries. Conversion no good from John Poland. Um, Waka goes off injured prior to that point. We'll get into that a little bit later on, I'm sure. Doug Frazier at the end did score for DC in garbage time for the club whose mascot is a flag to earn a losing bonus point. The Jacks win another home game. It's nine in a row, clinching a playoff berth in the process because Toronto then lost to New Jersey. 
um, happy days, but it was it was uh, a nail biter at certain points, and it, it really was closer than we would have expected. Yeah, it uh, you know the margin was much closer than um, either one of us predicted. Right, I think I predicted a wider margin than you did. Yes. You know, um, and I, I saw that we got a little uh, a little comment right. on our social media about yeah. you know this was this was a much better much closer game than you guys predicted, which is true. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, um, I got to polish my crystal ball, I guess. <laughs> right, uh, exactly. But it was um, it was an interesting game. It was a good finish. Uh, I feel like we did finish on our strength, you know, like we were kind of finding our form again toward the end of the game, which is good. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think this is a very important psychological game, um, meaning just the tempo, the pacing of when things happened gave Atlanta or, or sorry, uh, DC a big boost. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, they, were able to score a response try early in the first half that you know proved to them and to the crowd that they were in this right yes. they could they could march down to our half and score just like we could to them and then in the second half there was the long long crazy try that got called back for a forward pass in the end mm-hmm. it was like the longest tmo review of all time right gosh um, yeah like 10 awful. minutes sitting there yeah. after we've been sitting for halftime too long it was, yep. it, was it was yeah the broadcast was interesting because you then you get at least get to see what they're doing mm-hmm. but in the stands they do drag on a bit um and it was cold uh, unseasonably cold uh, that <laughs> night too yeah we were joking around over in my section about just keep the clock rolling if you got to check it check it but you right. know why don't we just why don't we just run the clock um uh but that eventually was called back but you, you know obviously would have given them a lot more momentum if it had counted and mm-hmm. would have made things even more spicy but um even called back i think putting together an 80 meter you know support play that gets you to the other end of the field um it that gives you a psychological boost too and so they had these moments at the beginnings of both halves Mm -hmm. that they could really build on as a team you can throw your shoulder around the guy and say hey you know they took it away from us but we got it we're here um and credit credit to those guys the players and the leadership on dc you know they certainly um gutted it out they played really hard and they put together some good performances and i think that we can we can criticize the free jacks and talk about things they could have done better um which i'm sure we'll do um the lineouts were not as crisp as they have been or or had been last week and i noticed on the second missed lineout josh larson came up and apologized to mills he said that was my bad because he jumped so far into the tunnel that Mm -hmm. it looked not straight a little bit like a catcher for has to frame a baseball to make it a strike right you right. have to frame the pitch right so yes. make sure it moves through the strike zone and looks to the umpire like a strike and it was that sort of a mistake from josh and he came up and he owned it and that's that tells you that these guys know that this is an area where, where they they need to have that crispness and that's where, what a leader does as well yeah that's true just just good leadership owning mm-hmm. that that you know having that level of responsibility um so it has it was it was an interesting game you know there there were 
the penalty count was too high. We had a lot of missed tackles. So we can make those. There's things that we could talk about and be critical about the free jacks. But I don't think that we can discount how good DC was. Absolutely. Um, they, and how much the, they showed up for this. You know, as you were saying, you know, well prepared. They had a bye week to figure it out. Nate Osborne is a great coach. Uh, I yeah. tweeted this after the game. I, I said, I cannot believe that Nola let him walk out the door. It's um, pretty shocking, I would it say. Is shocking. He's doing yeah. really good things in D.C. and For proving sure. He's proving that was a mistake. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. And, and then, of course, we have a connection to um, to uh, the D.C. coaching staff. Uh, Willicks was previously on the Free Jacks coaching staff. So, you know, he he had some, uh, I don't it, you know, familiarity with some of these players and, and definitely wanted to to um, get a win um, with on his with his former team. So, yeah. Uh, it was, it was, uh, they were pesky, man. Uh, they, they yeah. look good. They look really good. Um, and I'm so glad that the, the free Jacks rose to the level that they needed to in the second half to put them away. So mm-hmm. it felt good about that. And I did start a petition guys. It's been posted on social media for uh, DC to change to rebrand, of course, because, you know, we had the, uh, red, white, and blue before they did and yada, 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 just being, be, you know, just having a little fun. They are little brothers at this point. It's fair to say. So they should be the one that change and change their colors. By the way, burgundy <laughs> and gold is still available, Washington. So, um, yeah, you should definitely go that route. All right. Um, let's go into musket size pants tent. And uh, I'll let you go first. Oh, actually, excuse me. Uh, well, I I never do. I don't do this. That's segment, true. That's true. But um, I can give you one okay. if you want. Sure. Because Jack Escaro. Uh, the loose head prop was all over the place. He is an active big boy, mm-hmm. and and he had some big impacts. Jesse Preddy also threw a shoulder into him at one point off the ball. That penalty you mentioned, yep. um, and he it fired him up, man. And he played a great match. Played either the whole game or the almost the whole game. Uh, I and I promise you, he burned more calories on Saturday than any other player on those teams. That moving that big frame around the pitch as much as he did, I was really impressed. He was the big redheaded mullet yes. prop, yep. you know, mm-hmm. uh, pretty Hard iconic out yep. there. Always helps you notice, you know, yes. what the work that the guys are doing. But For sure. um, yeah, I was really impressed by by him. Yeah, I'm a little frazzled, Dave. Uh, as you know, I've done two interviews back to back prior to uh, the episode. So musket size pants hit for me is Rohan. Uh, it's the number 10. I think you said his name is Soy Floyd. There you go. Uh, he's a 30-year-old fly half from the island of Samoa, but he represented New Zealand five times at the under 20 level. So you know he's good. Um, he's five foot nine and 187 pounds. He looks bigger, I'll tell you that, uh, on the pitch. Dude has a cannon for a leg and was a problem in the kicking game all night long for the Jacks, to be fair. Um, some of those kicks, I was like, holy crap, what is this guy eating? He's just incredible. Yeah, his his just kicking, you know, from ball in hand, the, the yeah. penalty kicks for touch and just punting and open play. He was uh, re- really dynamite, mm-hmm. uh, just dropping, you know, kicking bombs. Uh, we had we I joke with my friend Wes that, you know, we don't get to watch fans drop kicks very often as much as you would think with that whole side open. Mm-hmm. And um, we got like five or six this match. We got to, we got to see a lot of fans, you know, yep. try to do the holding my beer, catch a yes. pro yep. rugby kick move. Yep. Um, some pretty impressively successful. Uh, but yep. yeah, he was just absolutely firing rockets. 
I'll tell you what, I have nightmares about having to uh, go under a ball in, in the crowd. I think I'm far enough that it's not going to happen for me, but God, I would just hate it. If I, if I, if it like hit me in the face and then bounced off me or something like that, God, I know I, I, everybody's gonna be like, that's that Jack's Rangers guy. I can't believe he didn't catch that. You kick, know, so kick kickoffs were always the scariest part of every rugby oh, game my God, for me. I'll, me? you know, I'll, yeah. I'll scrum down in the front row 80 times. If I have to, that's fine. Uh, but man, I don't want to line up for 20 kickoffs. You know, we did exploded scrums at Carolina and I lost a contact one time and I was like, it's coming to me. I can't you know see it. the ball. I, I, you know, I was telling my, uh, my lock mate there, a second Roman. And I was like, you got to catch it, man. Even if it comes to me, I can't see anything. So you've got to catch this ball. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's one of those things, man. That'll keep you up at night sometimes thinking about that, but uh, let's go to MVP um and I'll, I'll go first this time around uh let's see here so wayne vanderbank had a great game but i'm gonna pick a guy that has had a lot of hype coming over from new zealand his resume is long we did not see much of him due to an injury at the beginning of the season his first game uh he gets subbed on and then pretty much immediately gets a yellow card so the rangers didn't know what to think i know that i've given this guy a bit of grief in uh various outlets but he's really shown his caliber in recent weeks. He's definitely a pest to the opposition, and that showed in the game against D.C. He can throw other teams off of their game by getting under players' skin, uh, which is a part of the game that you know doesn't really get talked about, but it's definitely a factor. He's been good in the lineout as well. Uh, bagged himself a try in this one. It's always nice to see, of course. Jesse, the pest, Peretti, has my storm along MVP of the game. Yeah, it's good. That's a good choice. Uh, I think it was Mike Rogers at the members night uh, talked about how useful Jesse's been in the lineout, even when yes. he was hurt coaching it, you know, um, and just being very, I think the the phrase he used was very knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. Jesse's just very knowledgeable in the lineout. Um, you know, even when he's not jumping, he's helping improve the team there. Um, his try he scored too was really fun to watch on the replay, the reverse angle, because uh, it's just a mess. And then you just see an arm with the ball reach yes. out from the pile and dot Absolutely. it down. It's very funny. Yep. Um, my man of the match, I had to go with Wayne Vanderbank. Yeah. Uh, he had a long solo try. Uh, he set up Slade's try with a good penetrating run that, you know, compressed the defense and let Slade basically just bust a spin move on the outside and mm -hmm. tiptoe backwards into the, you know, end goal and touch it down. Um, had a really big intercept. Um, just, just effective running. Um, ran ran down a wing at one point. I think we had an advantage, so it came back anyway, or maybe they did. Um, but a good pursuit. He's out there working, man. The guy is a the guy is a workhorse. Um, Wayne Vanderbank really really puts a lot out, and um, we talk about the center pairing a lot, and we've hyped both of these guys on the show uh, a fair amount. But um, you know, I don't want to sleep on I don't want to sleep on Wayne. He's my man of the match this week tell you what i mean i was gonna pick him for sure it, it was almost a queen a queen clean sweep there we go um for wayne vanderbake but i saw i thought to myself like i always pick backs you know i was afford <laughs> myself so it kind of hurts me to do that but then again as a spectator i think i've explained this to you guys like i like to be razzle dazzled like i, lo I love to see the the, the running yeah. with the ball so normally my my uh, mvp goes to a, a back but i wanted to go to a forward this time so we almost had a clean sweep uh in that realm so yeah uh any final thoughts before we head into the preview um no i think we you want to talk about the standings in the preview point yeah. pool and stuff okay. yeah okay yeah, sure. so we'll do that we'll do that in the preview so no just um like i said it was it was a much tighter match than we thought it was going to be mm -hmm. but I, I had a great time 
Yeah, um, me too. It was it was it was close uh, back and forth, as as back and forth as we've seen a home match in a while. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it didn't feel quite like letting them back in as much as maybe the Seattle game did. You know, right. where I wasn't, I didn't feel as frustrated this time as as I did that week. Um, because that then we felt a little bit more in control to me mm-hmm. and like we let them back in and this week it just seemed like you know dc really wanted to beat up their big brother yeah <laughs> very good way to end this so i've got uh one word for everybody out there make sure you're saying it along kids in three two one huzzah huzzah Woo! Huzzah, rangers this is phil harris again here at the jacks rangers show i'm joined once again with dave mcveigh dave how are you i am doing very well phil how are you not too bad, my friend. So we've got Atlanta slithering into Fort Quincy this weekend. It's going to be good weather, Friday the 13th, uh, a night game. There's going to be fireworks afterwards. Prior to the game, there's going to be a brew fest uh, with all of the South Shore breweries coming together to keep people happy with the brews. How excited are you for this? I'm really excited. Uh, will My family's going to be there. Uh, we'll be at the beer tasting. My wife's going to do the beer tasting. I'm going to I'm gonna drive us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking forward to that. Fireworks after the show. And, you know, the match itself is going to be an absolute banger. Yes. So it should be a really good time. I, I like the idea of Friday night. I have to guess that this is going to be the biggest crowd of the season so far. Um, good weather, great event before that I think will pull some people in. Everybody get, going to the beer fest gets a ticket to the match. Yes. Um, so, you know, I think it's really clever to have the beer fest end 30 minutes into the match. So you kind of have some overlap. You know, yeah. people who were trying to get to the rugby can, you know, they got an hour and a half. They can drink their beer and then go go to their seats, you know, in time for kickoff. Um, the people who are just there for the beer, you know, they're going to they're going to close the place out. It's a Friday mm-hmm. night. They're going to hang out. They're going to take their time. Um, they're they're going to get half an hour of rugby exposure. Yes. You know, before uh, last call, so to speak. And, you know, what are they going to do? They're going to walk over to the neck, you know, the beer tent where they get regular beers. They're going to get themselves a five dollar storm along and they're going to rock on up to the stands and, you know, mill around and catch some rugby. So I think it's a really good promotion. I'm very hopeful that it's going to have a a packed house there um, and should be very exciting. Yeah, I'm super excited. You know, I get off work at 4.30. I'll be able to uh, collect my girlfriend. We'll head right on down to Boston. Uh, We're staying at the Hojo's this time around, so um, should be a good time. We'll probably park there and just walk, you know, right on into the stadium and then check everything out. Super excited about it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's superhero night. In addition to the beer fest. Yes. It's superhero superhero night. night. I know they're going to do some – some stuff around that. It should be it should be a really good time. So um, we'll see. I'm trying to trying to source some superhero costumes for my girls right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, my five year old definitely wants to be Hulk. That's her favorite because nice. he, sma- he smashes stuff and she thinks that's hilarious. Oh yes. Um, yep. So we'll see. We'll see where we end up. I would Very love good. to come as Fat Thor. That's my dream. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find the you know long on uh, wig. Right. Right. The Lebowski esque bathrobe sweater situation, all that. I, yeah. I'm not sure if I'll be able to turn it up in time, but you see me just pretend I'm dressed as Fat Thor. I'm most of the way there already. <laughs> all right, I'll try to do that for you. Um, you know, uh, the costumes are going to be fun to see. You know, obviously the the superhero theme. So I'm expecting to see a lot of like Spider Man. You know, I'm sure Spider is going to be Spider Man. That that just makes oh. so much sense, right? Um, I, can't, I can't wait. 
Yeah, I hope to see a couple Batman out there. That's my favorite superhero of all time there. More of a DC guy than a Marvel guy. So uh, just wanted to throw that out there. But yeah, I mean, also keep in mind that uh, I I had this idea uh, a couple weeks back at this point. I was talking to Kenny. I was like, you know what? It's Friday the 13th. That's a night game. Jason Voorhees that we got to have some Jason mask in the crowd and I'm, I'm hoping to see quite a bit I know I'll have two more extra that's going to Josh and his friend and my girlfriend and I will have Jason mask I know there's going to be others out there that have already purchased their Jason mask so should be a good time Excellent. can't wait to see that yeah yeah sure. give them right. nightmares yeah exactly uh, let's talk about the preview um, so Atlanta finds themselves in third spot in the Eastern Conference standings with 41 points, just one point off the pace from New Jersey in second right now, eight wins, four losses with 341 points, four and points against is 280. That is a point differential of plus 60. Not bad. One thing uh, that a lot of people are talking about right now with this Atlanta squad is their performance that they put in against lowly Utah at Utah last week, losing that game that no one predicted that they would lose. Uh, this is a team that last year was in the championship, if you guys recall, uh, against L.A. Of course, they lost that. But, oh, by the way, the last game of the season last year for the Jacks and the first ever at Fort Quincy was a big win for New England over this Atlanta squad. I think a lot of us Rangers were hoping, uh, and I certainly was, that this Atlanta uh, team uh, would you know kind of falter a little bit and drop off their form after their head coach Scott Lawrence was let go before the start of this season, but that has not happened. Of course, we can uh, who can forget when the Jacks went down to the Snake Pit earlier this season and got a huge win over the Rattlers. Um, now the Snakes have to slither up to New England to face the mighty mighty Free Jacks at Fort Quincy on Friday the thirteenth, no less. It seems like Atlanta ran out of gas in the last 20 minutes for the previous game that we faced them, um, you know, down there and and at the snake pit. New England has secured playoff rugby this season, but I don't think this team will uh, take its foot off the gas or its eye, eye off the prize, which, of course, is the number one seed in the East, which gets us a first round bye, which is crucial. Um, one mm. thing we know that Atlanta is they love to play phys- uh, their physicality type of team. They love to knock people around. I think this will be another slobber knocker between these two teams. A lot of people are wondering about the health of Bodine Waka. From what I saw myself, I have no reason to believe that Waka will not play in this game. Dave, what do you make of this Atlanta squad? Yeah, um, to address the last thing first, I think Waka is probably – uh, I have no idea. I'm bad at diagnosing injuries from, like, mm-hmm. watching any anyway, you know. Yeah. Um, so it didn't, it seemed like he was hurt, but not a major deal. I heard he'd walked up to the coach's boxes, That's which right. means he's like doing stairs. Yes. Um, so I cannot imagine, like you said, I can't see him not starting. Um, I think that he'll want to play and I, it, it looks like he'll be able to, um, just from how mobile he was after the game. Um, hoping they were just discretion being the better part of valor and making sure to get him some rest when he realized it was, you know, more significant than nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with Walker, but I think he'll be there. Uh, Atlanta are going to bring clean set pieces. Um, they are, they're a good set piece team. Uh, they have a pack of cave trolls. <laughs> very, very physical on offense and defense. They like to double tackle like we do, hold the ball up, slow the ball down. 
Um, and uh, they like the old Samoan sidestep, you know, just mm-hmm. run right through you. So we'll see um, what what they can bring in terms of that coming off a 44 to 26, you know, butt whooping by Utah out in, uh, you know, Zion Stadium. Uh, they're definitely going to be trying to make a statement. They've got that fueling them. They've got our win streak fueling them. So I expect a really hot Atlanta team this right. week. And I think it'll probably look a lot like that final match of the last season that you mentioned, mm-hmm. just extremely physical. Yeah. Um, and you could feel the impacts from up in the crowd. And I think, I think that's what we're going to see. Their back line is no joke either. Um, their pack is very good and it gets a lot of the attention, but they have a really solid uh, kind of play executing back line. They can, mm-hmm. they can be real crisp there as well. So um, hopefully our fitness will carry us through like it did last time. It's going to be a big test for the free Jacks. Uh, if we, are pushing double digits on penalty count and we miss 30 tackles um you know which is what we had stats wise this past week uh we we could be looking at a at a loss so we're mm-hmm. really gonna have to turn up yeah uh, i think to make sure that we win this uh, not to say that we're underdogs or take anything away from the players uh, it's gonna be a significant uh challenge um nothing nothing can be taken for granted um in sports generally that's the reason we play the game right Mm -hmm. not just decide who should win beforehand but um in this match particularly uh we're we're gonna have to wait 80 minutes and see it's gonna be really close it should be great should be really good rugby i mean this could be a preview of the eastern conference finals right here um very very likely i think yeah yeah uh this is a an atlanta squad that you know it's gonna want to um snake bite us for sure. You know, I think they understand that this is a team that they obviously will see in the, in the postseason. So they want to make an impression here uh, with the, with the folks, uh, the Rangers out there in at Fort Quincy. Um, this is a, a game that definitely Atlanta could, could, uh, t- could win for sure. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, we want to have this invisible, you know, this invincibility type of attitude with Fort Quincy and this team with a nine game winning streak. It's Friday the 13th, guys. Like, things could not go our way, potentially. Um, and, and that doesn't have to necessarily do with just superstition. That's based on what we saw last week when playing this uh, D.C. squad that rose to the challenge. And I expect Atlanta to do that. But, oh, by the way, Atlanta has a better roster than D.C. does and a better track record as well. Um, this is a playoff-caliber team, and they find themselves uh, in third place. But they've been in second pretty much all season long uh, up there at the top. So, um, and, and of course, earlier they were ahead of us in the standings and Eastern standings. So very good team. Uh, physicality is going to be the big approach this time around. I just, I, I mean, obviously the free Jacks want that first place, um, you know, the first round by being the first team in the Eastern conference at the end of the season. I really hope that they're, and I don't believe that this is the case, but we're just kind of, you know, talking our way through this, uh, preview here, you know, that. I don't want them to take the foot off the gas because they've secured the playoffs. Um, you know, my my whole thing at the beginning of the season, the, uh, at the pre, start of the preseason was get your ass in the playoffs and we'll see what happens. Well, we find ourselves in first place with a nine-game winning streak, so this team's even better than what we predicted. So um, we want to be even better than that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well put. All right. Um, so let's move over to key to the game, uh, and I will go first here. 
for me, it's just all about we will tread, right? The rattlesnake is the symbol <laughs> of Atlanta. Um, there's the don't tread on me flag that has Revolutionary War tie-ins there. So we will tread. And what does that mean? I, you know, people always say, like, of course, when they're listening to this, Phil, you're so metaphorical about these sort of things. You actually don't really talk about what happens on the pitch. So what I taught, what I mean by we will tread is just match Atlanta in terms of physicality and, and do it, you know, go even harder than they do, um, which may be very difficult to do. But then again, we saw this team, as I was saying earlier, Atlanta ran out of gas in the last 10, 20 minutes of the, the last game at uh, the snake pit. I'm hoping that that is the case again. So we just got these, you know, heavyweight boxers just going, you know, body blows, body blows, body blows, and eventually they're going to collapse. That is the hope and we'll be able to run out winners. Um, so we will tread. Excellent. Uh, my key to the game, precision in the collision. Ah, um, love it. Just, I think I agree. It's going to be very physical, and to me, more important than you know, just battering your brain against the brick wall mm-hmm. of contact is going to be contact height, good communication in the double tackles, slowing their ball down, and really slowing their ball down is one of the things that frustrated them big time the last mm-hmm. time we played them, and and. Slowing down the ball starts with making good contact in the tackle um, so that when you get them to the ground, you're in a position where they're not presenting cleanly to their team. Um, so collision precision, um, that's what leads to all those, you know, all this ball slowdown and turnovers that we thrive on. Um, it's kind of the building block of our defend to attack philosophy. And I think that if we can get that fundamental right, um, then we can win the game. All right. I, I had forgotten a prediction, so I had to do it while we were you know recording mm. this. So my prediction is Atlanta 23, New England 24. It's going to be one of those squeaky uh, bum time situations. Once again, Free Jacks fans out there, the Rangers um, with you know New England just winning, winning by the, the thinnest of margins. I don't know how it's going to go down. I, here's what I would love to see. All right. And, and folks at home, you've, you've heard this before from me. Waka drop goal to win the game. I, I want to see it. It has to happen at some point. He's had a magical run all season long. He tried it not to win the game, but just to kind of put the icing on the cake two weeks ago, I believe it was at Fort Quincy. Um, yeah. So I want to see a drop goal to win the game this time around. How sweet would that be? Very dramatic. It would be yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, EB would be happy. Love Johnny Wilkinson, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. drop goal master. Yes, sir. Um, my score prediction, pretty close to yours, 26 to 28. Um, Free Jack's going to come out ahead, but um, I think it's I think it's going to be a good one. I think the set pieces are really going to be a place to watch um, to see how the match plays out as well. Love it. Um, so, yeah. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um let's beat them let's rub their face in the mud you know it's gonna be a real fun close to the season um but like you said don't take our foot off the gas yep um can't wait to see your buddy there at fort quincy gonna be a good one got the fireworks gonna be great weather don't forget your jason Voorhees mask ladies and gentlemen i hope to see everybody there um yeah uh and all we got for you is one word in three two one huzzah huzzah Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I'm joined as always with Dave McVeigh, but we have a very special guest this time around. Jordan Baroche is here with us. Jordan, how the hell are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. I'm excited to be here tonight. We're excited to have you. Um, tell us where, where are you from? 
Um, so kind of all over. Uh, I was a Navy brat. So um, by the time I was six months old, I was already moving. Um, but I went to uh, to middle school and high school in Portsmouth, Rhode Island. So okay. semi-local, you know. Very good. Uh, what is your origin story with rugby? How did you find rugby? Yes, yeah, so weirdly enough, I uh, when I got old enough to start working, um, the thing to do as a local in uh, Rhode Island was to work at the beach. Um, and a couple of the lifeguards went to Iona College and played rugby there. Um, and Portsmouth, Rhode Island is known for hosting Beast of the East, which is a huge college rugby tournament. So one of the guards called me and he was like, hey, I'm going to be in town. Any chance you can make muffins or cookies? Um, so sure enough, I showed up not knowing what I was getting into. Uh, when I was still in high school, showed up at BC East downpour with like fresh baked lemon poppy muffins and uh, chocolate chip cookies and just was watching these guys, you know, jump up in the air, um, you know, do the scrums and everything else. And I was like, what is going on? Um, but from that moment on, I was hooked. That's awesome. Those baked goods sound delicious. Um, what is your <laughs> official title with the Free Jacks and how did you end up with the organization? How did that come about? Yeah, so uh, official title is director of events. Um, so you can see me running around on game day. Um, just, you know, a lot of controlled chaos. Right. Um, and I, uh, I actually, I've been in sports for about 10 years now. Um, before this, I was with a company called Octagon. Um, and it was more so on like the agency client management side of things. So um, I got to oversee a lot of activations that my sponsor and my you know, my clients did within the sports and entertainment world. Mm-hmm. Um, and rugby had always kind of been on Octagon's radar, especially since it's a global company. Yep. Um, and then when the pandemic and everything, you know, hit, it hit the sports industry really hard. Um, so I, you know, put some feelers out, noticed the Free Jacks were hiring. Uh, I have nothing but amazing things to say about Octagon. You know, it is it still holds a very dear place in my heart. Um, a lot of my friends are still working there, but, uh, you know, I had had the opportunity to meet Nate Ebner in 2016 in Rio, uh, at, you know, the rugby Olympic matches. So then when I saw he was part of the ownership for the free Jacks. And then when I saw the free Jacks are hiring, um, it kind of just seemed like, you know, fate had aligned. Um, and you know, a, a week after, I actually joined the Free Jacks organization. I had found out that most of my team from Octagon had had been laid off. Um, oh, wow. So talk about talk about divine intervention, man! It was yeah, for sure. It was really good timing. So how about that? That's that's interesting. Um, tell us what is your job duties on, on game day? So we see you with a clipboard and sometimes like microphones and stuff like that. Well, what are you doing exactly? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the best way to describe it is, is controlled chaos. Um, so my, my role duty is just kind of to oversee all of it. Um, you know, with, with the acquisition of heritage, we've been able to bring in some more event operations focused folks that really kind of help me, um, just kind of take care of like the nitty gritty stuff. So parking security, um, bars, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so that I can focus on the fan experience. Um, but that also, you know, that means my run sheet is by the second, you know, so at, for this weekend at seven minutes or seven o'clock and 10 seconds, um, the team needs to be taken the field, uh, you know, kickoff needs to be seven minutes or seven o'clock, seven, 
minutes and 30 seconds sort of thing. So um, it is a lot of attention to detail, um, a lot of making sure all the parts are moving forward. Um, but you know, the, the main goal with my role is making sure that all of our fans are having a great time and, and enjoying themselves. It's a great job to have, I would say. Um, yeah. yeah. On non-game days, what do you do on a daily basis for the Free Jacks and how does that come together on game day? Um, yeah. So, you know, I worked a lot with Mags and Ollie in the off season to come up with the themes behind me and, you know, how to bring those themes to life. Um, so then it's when we made the announcement to move to Quincy, it was looking into who was local Quincy, uh, you know, how we can best tie in the community because, you know, Quincy is an amazing city to be in. Uh, we're very thankful for the support from the city side of things and then also the local businesses, um, you know, how to get the players involved with the local community. So uh, and then just really kind of trying to bring it all together. So, uh, you know, right now things are pretty locked in for obviously this Saturday, next Friday. Um, so it's looking towards the last two matches of the season. So, okay. uh, you know, you'll see on, on May 29th, our salute to service match, we're going to be partnering with a local uh, military, you know, nonprofit um, and, and helping them out uh, and bringing awareness to their organization. Um, and then also doing, you know, a halftime honoring of the Coast Guard Academy's uh, 2016 championship team. Um, okay. So really Very just cool. trying to find ways to, constantly be looking for uh, opportunities to tie into themes and, um, you know, also just give back to the community. Very cool. Have you heard about the uh, Friday the 13th Jason mask that some of us will be wearing in the stands? Oh man, I have. And, you know, <laughs> Phil, it's always great to see you at games, but I, I might avoid you on Friday the 13th. Those, uh, those horror movies are not my cup of tea. <laughs> uh, understandable. There's going to be quite a few of us wearing the mask. And and by the way, I think it uh, ties in with superhero night, I believe is uh, Friday the 13th. Now keep in mind, folks, if you're, if you're uh, one of those people that think that promiscuous teens are villains, then Jason is a superhero. So it ties in pretty well uh, with that. Okay. Um, let's see here. What's your favorite memory uh, so far with the organization? Oh man. Favorite memory with the organization. I wouldn't say it's one specific memory. I would say it's, it's probably, you know, a reoccurring thing and obviously it's happened a lot more this season than last, but, um, you know, at the end of the match, when, when the boys win, even if you're just walking by, like you hear them in the locker room, just, you know, chanting their hearts out, singing their hearts out. Um, and to just, you know, to hear that and to see the excitement on the guys' face um, and to hear our fans, you know, go crazy in, in our games. Um, I think that's probably, you know, my most favorite reoccurring memory because Seems to happen every week. Um, right, knock yeah. on wood, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, for sure. Um, what is your impressions of Fort Quincy? Obviously, that is your working environment there. Um, and what has been your favorite festival so far? You got the festivals in the background there. Yeah. Um, ooh, impression of Fort Quincy. It's amazing. Um, I wish we could do 360 seating. That's probably the only upgrade I would make to it. Right. Um, you know, but it's, it's so amazing to have the history of that stadium last year when we were getting ready to move over there, mm -hmm. we had a gentleman pop in, he was probably in his, you know, eighties, nineties. And he was telling us how his dad had helped build that stadium. Oh, wow. It was the coolest thing. 
Um, you know, cool. so the, the history there was phenomenal. Um, I was super excited about that. And then favorite festival would probably have to be the Apre rugby one. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. The, you know, having the CRCs during the day was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I was super passionate about was putting a hot tub on the fields. Um, and that's one of the beautiful things about mags. Um, he is very much so the kind of CEO that says, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, and he is, you know, he lets our creative creativity fly. Um, so, so when I sent him the link to an inflatable hot tub and I was like, Hey, can we do this? He was like, Oh yeah, sure. Let's, let's get it. Sorry about that. That's all right. No worries. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's awesome to have Mags in a leadership position with the Free Jacks. He's so creative and just outside the box thinker for sure. Uh, we really enjoy him. And I agree. That's probably one of the coolest things I think is the Opry Ski one. I really also enjoyed the um, the Unicorn slash uh, Scotland one as well. Well, that one went really, really well. But before we get over to Dave's questions, I just wanted to remind everybody, as we're talking about the events that take place at Fort Quincy, we do have $5 beers there. And well, excuse me, ciders and Storm Along is one of those that you can get for $5, the unfiltered variety. Um, so Dave, take it away, my friend. Yeah, thank you very much. My kids would definitely put Unicorn Day at the top of the list. They had a blast. Um, I did as well. Uh, you guys have come up with a really tremendous lineup of festivals. All the different options have been really fun so far. Uh, what well, can you tell us about the development of those ideas, uh, how those themes were chosen, maybe some that didn't make it or other ideas that you'd want to hopefully work in, in in the future? Yeah, absolutely. So some of these were really kind of passion projects that had been on Max's and Ollie's radars uh, for a couple of years that we, you know, obviously weren't able to execute in 2020 because COVID um, was a bit of a buzzkill. And, um, you know, in in, uh, 2021, it was really, um, we had themes in place, but not to the same extent. Um, So the Apre Rugby one, that was one that, you know, Mags and Ollie were super passionate about, and we were like, all right, we'll get it done, we'll make it happen. Um, and that one turned out to be, you know, my favorite theme to date, um, jazz and ska. Um, you know, Mags is a huge ska guy. Um, I believe that was also International Jazz Day. Um, so, you know, it, it fell in line perfectly. Same with unicorns, that was International Unicorn Day. Um, I did not realize they had a whole day dedicated to them, but uh, you know, Mags and I were sitting there Googling what are the national and international holidays on all of our match days. And when we came across unicorns, we were like, we have to do it. Um, you know, and then also with, uh, with last year, with you guys, our, our fans taking it on upon yourselves to do a Scottish appreciation for that July 18 game, we were like, I mean, no brainer. Unicorn is the national animal of Scotland. Um, so that's where those two themes kind of tied in together really well. Um, ooh, Derby Day, which, you know, is coming up this Saturday. That's one I'm probably most excited about. Um, so we're, we're really excited for what's coming with that. There's so much going on with it. Um, and then, you know, no brainer, obviously, Derby's that day. We'll be airing it on Saturday on the Jumbotron oh, as the guys take the pitch. That's so great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and then the the rest, it was just, you know, what what do we want to do um, from a from an appreciation kind of style night? Um, you know, salute to service, obviously, 
being a Navy brat was something near and dear to my heart. Um, and I think our, our whole organization agreed there that, you know, we want to be able to, uh, to honor all of, you know, all of the military, you know, police, um, first responders style kind of, uh, you know, people out there keeping, keeping us safe back home sort of situation. Um, and then Ruck and Chuck, we just, we wanted to go out with a bang. Uh, you know, New York is our rival. Um, we have Manhattan chowder versus New England clam chowder. Uh, it's, you know, it's very, it's kind of, uh, kind of anticlimactic because we've already won the chowder cup for this year. Um, but you know, we'll be revealing the trophy there. Um, and, and we'll be closing out the season with in style. So. Love it. Um, I can't wait. I've had a blast so far and I'm really looking forward to what we have, um, still to come. So we're in terms of home matches, we're about halfway. We are halfway through our season, right? So at this point, what's one thing that you've learned about working at a veterans Memorial stadium now that you've got half, half a season under your belt. Um, and what's one thing you already talked about the support from the city, but what's, you know, talk more about that or something else that's been really positive about, you know, the new home there. Yeah, so I think the first thing we learned right off the bat um, is that even though we had moved to more of an enclosed stadium, um, wind is still not our friend. Um, <laughs> for, yeah. for anyone that was at that March 12th game, um, the weather was rough, the wind was rough. Um, so we're, you know, we're constantly looking for ways to improve the setup, improve the breakdown, improve the fan experience. Um, and that's one of those things that, you know, wind and tents just do not mix, um, you know, and cold and tents do not mix or zip ties for that matter. Um, so, you know, that, that was a big kind of learning curve, but, um, you know, one of the great things that we've had as, as an enhancement with moving to Veteran Memorial is, um, you know, we have that enclosed space. So day before setup, um, what used to be last year, you know, myself and, and uh, my coworkers out there day before doing as much as we could, but also knowing we could only do so much because it was a very open space. Um, this year, you know, we can go in the day before, we can drop the tents, the tables, the chairs in every location we need them. Um, we can get the goalposts up, you know, we can, we can do as much prep work as we want to, as we need to the day before. Um, that just makes setup so much easier. Uh, and a big part of that, you know, is our relationship with the city and their willingness to let us block off that time the day before, uh, which has been phenomenal. <laughs> you know, instead of a 5 or 6 a.m. call time, we can do a 9 a.m. call time. So <laughs> my, uh, my coworkers like me a little bit more now because I'm not asking them to show up at 5 a.m. <laughs> That's excellent. It's always good when a call can start, you know, late enough that you can maybe get a coffee on the way there. Yep. That's, that's a good the sun is already up. You know, that's, yeah. that's a big, big game changer for yeah. team morale. <laughs> Major psychological benefits for the sun being up when you begin your work day. Yeah. Um, I love it. Uh, <clears throat> this is a little out there, but bear with me here. I really want, Phil knows what I'm going to say. I really want a villain character, a foil for Woodgy, and I think it should be like a, a weird swamp monster that just emerges from the reeds, you know, on the south side there of the stadium, and okay. you know, maybe like steals a rugby ball that's been kicked over the net and just disappears back. And that's it. 
We don't, you know, there's no more narrative building. You got to, yeah. it's all in the fans. It's like a Blair Witch situation. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think we need to make it happen. This isn't a question. It's just me, you know. Uh, no, hey, I love it. You know, shot. those, they, they definitely make those, right? For, um, for folks that go hunting in the woods or. Yeah, or the, like a, you know, yeah, like, like a ghillie suit or something, yeah. swamp thing. We can work something up. I feel like we could get a non 23 non rostered guy to do that. Easy, <laughs> oh, yeah, easy, easy. definitely for sure. Get one of the locks so you know they're six and a half feet <laughs> yeah. tall, kind of intimidating. It'll be good. Oh, we'll uh, have kids running. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter is already, she's a little scared of Woozy. She's getting oh. there. She's fully cleared me for the tattoo. It's specifically the idea that it's maybe a guy in a suit. And she's like, that's what's <laughs> weird. Why would you do that? She can't, oh, she yeah. can't get behind the mask. It's very funny. Um, she's warming up, though. She likes it. Uh, deep down. Yeah, you know, she'll uh, get there. She'll get there. She'll get there. <laughs> um, the team announced just today, the, uh, the day that we're, we're recording this, uh, a beer festival at one of the upcoming matches. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? The South Shore Beer Fest? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Friday the 13th, um, <laughs> we are going to be doing a beer fest um, with five local breweries. Um, so I believe it's Vitamin C, um, oh gosh, Break Rock, who the owner of that, Jay, he is phenomenal. He's a season ticket holder. Um, he hosted us for a watch party earlier in the season and has just been, you know, such a joy to work with. Um, Second Wind, um, oh gosh. Vitamin C, Break Rock, Second Wind. Um, whew, I should know all these top of my head. Um, come back to me on those. But, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, we're, we're trying to, again, this, this ties back into how, how do we better promote the local community, the local businesses that have been so great about, you know, supporting us. Um, and what better way than to tie rugby in with beer? Because we know our fans love beer. Um, we know that the general population loves beer. Um, and, you know, we, we want to be able to promote those local brands. And, you know, in doing so, if they happen to stick around for the rugby game afterwards, even better. <laughs> I, I got all five for you here, Jordan. We've got Widowmaker, That's Vitamin it, C, yes. Untold, Second wind and break rock. Yeah. And um, who is it? Um, I think vitamin C. They have been amazing at actually helping us organize the whole thing. So I really should have had them locked in. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be great. So I think it's um, if you already have your free jacks ticket, it's another $20 to gain entrance to the beer fest. Um, you'll get a little taster glass. You'll get 15 uh, tastes from the five different breweries that you can use however you like. Um, and then, you know, you'll uh, that'll be open from 530 to 7, I believe. Uh, and then you'll take in some great rugby. Amazing. I love it. Yeah. It's definitely a, you know, a natural pair. I know I saw Zach Cox over at Nesson on Twitter was already asking. He needs one of the needs one of the shirts or needs the logo on a shirt. <laughs> yes, rather. Yeah. And, had mags tagging ollie and everything so clearly clearly a good idea that people mm -hmm. uh, are already leaning into so congratulations yeah and ollie you know ollie is brilliant when it comes to the marketing side of stuff with the posters and the graphics he creates um you know he is he really is we call him the ginger unicorn <laughs> he is the ginger unicorn so he's phenomenal at this 
Yeah, that's great. And he's such a fun guy too. We've we've talked to him a lot and, and just what a what a treat, you know, anytime you get to hang out with him. In addition to all of his artistic talent and his creativity. Oh yeah. Um how can fans uh give the team feedback on their like match day experience for you know, if, if they have positives and, and, and suggestions that they want to give to you guys, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, honestly, I, you know, I love the constructive criticism almost more than I love the positive, you know, feedback. Don't get me wrong. I, I love it when someone emails and, and toots my horn, but um, the only way we're going to get better is by knowing where the gaps are. So I love it. Um, you know, fans can email. I have no problems with giving out my email. Um, it's jordan.barash at freejacks.com. Um, you know, so feel free to light me up. I love all, all criticism. <laughs> Great. That's awesome. I love that you're so open. And it's one of the awesome things about the organization, uh, how eager people are both to do things right and to make things right when they, you know, they're not going perfectly. So I love it. Um, I personally, I'd love to see more use of the video board in like getting fans engaged in like things like cheers, you know, like defense or whatever. I think that would be really fun. Obviously, we like to get loud over in the middle of the stadium there where uh, fills in with the real rowdy boys in uh, section <laughs> five, but I try to get section seven, section six hop into. Um, so it's it's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to seeing what that brings. Um, here's a big question. You got a double rainbow on Unicorn Day. Yes. How excited yes. were you and how are you going to top that? Oh, man, I, I can't even lie. So I didn't even know that happened until afterwards when I saw it on social. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm I, I kid you not. I only know the boys score by the cheer of the crowd because um, I, I don't get to stand still long enough to, to really actually take any of the game save for probably a minute leading into halftime, you know, when I'm trying to get things going for, for halftime entertainment. But um, when I saw the photo afterwards and then everyone was posting about it, I was like, this is amazing. Like could not have planned it better. Um, I really don't know if there is any way to top it, you it's know, pretty- save for, Save for, you know, Captain America showing up on, on superheroes uh, night. I, I don't know. But I will tell you, we are potentially, you know, in the works for, uh, for something cool for the start of um, the Salute to Service match. So stay tuned there. Um, fingers crossed it'll happen. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll have also fireworks going after the May 13 match nice. and uh, the June 3rd match. So... Um, you know, stick around after the game. There will be, you know, about a seven minute fireworks show. Uh, we'll light up the Quincy sky and That's awesome. um, we'll get people talking about it. Awesome. I love to hear it. I really have had a blast so far this season. Veterans mm-hmm. Memorial Stadium is an incredible venue. We plug it all the time on the show, tell people to come down and check it out if they haven't or if they have. Um, last question for me. Anything, any uh, eye towards playoff? hosting at veterans memorial uh anything you can talk about in that regard you're you're, you know you're not a player so you can count your chicken you have it's i would guess it is in fact your job to count your chickens before they hatch and to be making these plans yeah and you know i actually i brought it up on a call today and then i just i felt so dirty bringing it up on the call because i was like i feel like i've just jinxed us so you know (laughs) double knock on wood here um you know we we've definitely talked about it um, but it's kind of like the, the he who shall not be named sort of situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're talking about it without talking about it. Yeah. Um, We're very superstitious in the sports world, as I'm sure you are very <laughs> yes, aware. Yes. 
So yeah, we're, hey, plans are, plans are rolling. Um, we're just trying not to count our chickens before they hatch. Um, but things are, things are looking pretty good. Um, you know, we, yeah. we have the potential of clinching this weekend. Um, we could be the first team in the East to clinch. So fingers crossed that happens, but, um, you know, even if that does, there's, there's no guarantee on where we net out in the top three. So, but I, I have a lot of confidence, uh, in the team that, you know, TK, Scotty and, and Mike have put together this year. They're, they're phenomenal, you know, athletes, obviously, but they're also just amazing human beings too. So. Excellent. Yeah, well, we can't wait to see what's in store. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. I know Phil has a few more things. Uh, that's it for me. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, Dave. Uh, Jordan, I appreciate you mentioning the fireworks. Uh, it's really exciting to hear. Um, really, really looking forward to that for sure. But um, the one thing that I have left is one word association. So I'm going to say one or two words here. <laughs> and the first thing that jumps into your mind, throw it back at me. One word, okay? Okay. All right. The first one is Oliver Engelhart. Unicorn. Charlotte. College. Yes. Uh, Woodgy. <laughs> yeah, Woodgy. Woodgy. Cool. Game changer. Boston. Greatest. Oh, man. Does it have to be one word? Yeah, preferably. Preferably. <laughs> All right. Boston. Champions. I agree. Uh, Fort Quincy. Home. And finally, the Jacks Rangers show. Oh, the best. <laughs> Thank you very much. Sorry, that was two words, we'll take be- it. Yeah, best. Yeah, you can we'll use as best. many great words about the show as you want. That will be <laughs> no problem. Appreciate that very much. Uh, you've been very generous with your time. We appreciate you very much, Jordan. We've got one word to get out of here, and I think you know what it is at this point. In three, two, one, huzzah. 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 <laughs> Woo! All right, Rangers, that about wraps her up. I appreciate you listening to the episode. Really enjoyed this episode 40 edition here of the Jacks Rangers show presented by American Hard Cider Company, Storm Along. Enjoyed our conversations with the UN and also Jordan and really enjoyed recording all of the segments here of the Jacks Rangers show this time around. We're at 40 episodes. I still cannot believe it. Appreciate all the Rangers out there that ride with us every single week. And, you know, people always ask me, Phil, how can I help the show? For one, share it uh, with your friends that are rugby fans. Uh, maybe they're New England Free Jacks fans. A lot of those folks don't know that we exist, so let them know about the Jacks Rangers show. Also, interact with us. Uh, continue to interact with us on social media. We appreciate the folks that do that. Post graphics throughout the week uh, in reference to the show. Always leave some open-ended questions for folks to be able to engage on social media and keep people engaged in the uh, Free Jacks. So make sure that you're continuing to do that. Do that. And whatever platform that you listen to this on, give us a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, the best one that I've seen so far came from a gentleman named Mike Honcho. So Mike, if you're out there, we really appreciate you listening to the show. Before we're able to gallop off into the night here, did want to go through the today at American Revolutionary War history, the British surrendered Pensacola, Florida to Louisiana governor and Spanish military officer Bernardo del Galvez. That was in 1781. Looking forward to seeing everybody there Friday night at Fort Quincy, Friday the 13th. So make sure you don't forget your Jason Voorhees hockey mask. Hoping to see everybody there. Always enjoy interacting with everybody that listens to the show, all the Rangers out there that ride with us. We appreciate you so much. And that's going to do it for episode 40. So saddle up, let's ride, beat Atlanta, go free jacks and huzzah, baby. Woo!